The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest, our extra special guest today is Jason Kinney, a communication specialist extraordinaire, and we're going to pick his brains about what happens this year in Sacramento, given everything that's happening back in D.C. and what may be happening here. So uh, in 25 words or less, what's your take this year on what's going to happen? Well, I mean, like everything else going on in this world, it's going to be dictated by what goes on with the with the new presidential administration and, and how California continues to, you know, build its role as the counterbalance to that. Um, and it is, you know, clearly dominating uh, everything that's going on uh, uh, in the legislature uh, in terms of local government, uh, as well as, uh, you know, upcoming political races. Uh, you know how people uh, contrast this state and and their role with uh, what we expect, or, or you know, hoping for the 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 least bad outcome, but expecting, but preparing for a lot of different possibilities. And, how come uh, nobody likes California? I've had reporter friends who work back in D.C. and yet everybody wants ABC. to live here. Everybody right? wants, but it's anywhere but California. And I mean, is it all jealousy because we're so cool and? Well, I, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I can sit around and wax nostalgic about uh, my days of growing up in Indiana and learning politics in Indiana, but I chose to live in, in California because, I mean, it's, uh, and, and, and I think it is, to some extent, there is some, some, some uh, residual, uh, you know, that we're a few steps ahead of, of everybody else, you know, you, the prism through which Kevin Starr's words, which were the late... <laughs> Great, uh, Kevin Starr, the prism by which the world sees the future, um, and and that's true. Um, you know, more diversity, better economy, better environment, uh, better weather, uh, and potholes, uh, and uh, about the potholes. True, true. It's not a perfect utopian society, <laughs> but we're about as close uh, as as America comes these days, and and and. Uh, and I think that that uh, the importance of sort of uh, of communicating, since I'm in communications, communicating uh, that 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 kind of beacon of opportunity is is more important now than ever. You think um, other states would want to emulate us and do what we do rather than be resentful and? You know, I mean, every state every state wants to speak angrily about California's arrogance and or California's progressivism or California's overregulation or that it's somehow. Uh, but but the truth is, you know, states have succeeded. You know, when they've followed our example, um, and and that's true on on how they treat workers. That's true on innovation. Uh, you know, n- notice that every state wants to brand their own version of a Silicon Alley or a Silicon, uh, the, you know, whatever their version of, of Silicon Valley is. Um, and, and that's true in the entertainment industry. That's true in uh, on, on a whole host on, on the automation issues. Um, and 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 so, um, you know, I, look, it, 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 we try not to be. You know, California is an important part. I, I am not a Cal Exeter, and and I think it's a ludicrous <laughs> concept because um, I think that that you know we America works best when it works together, and 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 California just has to continue to push the edge of the envelope there. But uh, 
but uh, and and that's that's where we are. Um, it's a cow. It's just it's another one of those scams. I mean, not scam, but I mean it's one of those. Things you could say scams. Okay, <laughs> a lot of attention. Um, since I've been around here, there have been three or four pushes to to leave California by right. place mostly in the north. Mm -hmm. And as they looked at, instead of cutting the state in half, the line kept going north. Well, we really don't like Fresno either. Let's go. We don't like Sacramento either. Let's go north. Let's not go any further south than Redding. And right. so it's basically a little quad, and it never happened. Um, is this, you know, my take on it is just basically publicity is fun to talk about. It goes nowhere. And yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's a nice way of expressing your, you know, folks' acrimony about something that they don't like in terms of federal government or the direction the country's heading in. But when push comes to shove, the benefits of existing in, you know, in, you know, the, the world's most important and largest, you know, in, in this environment and being the largest state within that structure, um, and and the benefits of of, of legal cooperation, and interstate commerce, and 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 federal enforcement, all these different issues that come together. Um, it, it, the idea that we would ever do anything but try to continue to be the best American state we can be is just it's it's crazy. What do you see as uh, uh, the uh, inauguration is coming up? The swearing right. in is coming up very quickly. Um, so, from your friends in the Democratic Party or just Democrats. Are they going to D.C. to watch this? Are they watching this from afar? For, the no. For the most part, I mean, some folks are, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are going to D.C. to participate in some of the counter-programming yeah. that's going on, um, the, the, the Mother's March and, and some of some there's some events going on all across the country to sort of raise yeah. awareness about the uh, dramatic impacts of, uh, of what the Trump administration promises to do on day one, which is the executive action on immigration, the exec, um, some of the uh, reversal of Obamacare and the economic catastrophe that would come from that. Um, Planned Parenthood, obviously, uh, there was an action here today. Um, yeah, there's a big so, uh, women's march here in Sacramento on Saturday, I think. Yeah, there is coming so, Saturday. Um, it is a, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's the, you know, it, it, look. There's there's a lot of ironic and if you you know everyone can read polls everyone except for President Elect Trump who doesn't who continues to uh, deny their very existence but but the uh, you know he's never been more unpopular the the programs that he's threatening to uh, overturn things like uh, Obamacare Obamacare is more popular today than it ever has been right mm -hmm. and 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 we are where we are. On, on healthcare reform, I believe it's not to, to cool hand Luke this discussion, but it is a failure to communicate, um, and 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 so and 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 this which is ironic. Okay, That's well, no, but, but it's it's it's, it's infuriating <laughs> me. Forty five percent of Americans uh, and a majority of voters in swing states, the three critical states that elected uh, President Trump, uh, believe that Obamacare is doing more good than harm, and and yet here we are at the precipice of 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 uh, you know it's complete reverse without any sort of alternative solution and 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 it's it's frustrating in terms of what the inauguration is going to look like I mean we've never had this sort of division and antagonism uh, before going into an inaugural in my in my memory I mean even the, the days Rockettes. of I mean I remember I, I remember very I remember yeah I mean the, the entertainment part down, of this <laughs> three doors down being the headliner and the I Blue mean, Springsteen cover band backing right. up out <laughs> of respect for the boss I mean we have had better entertainment at the Sacramento County Democratic uh, e-board election than we than, than the than the Trump presidential inaugural will uh, it's it's uh, you know but it's it's but it's bigger than that, which is, um, you know, the, the, that that 
you know, President-elect Trump has inserted himself into so many federal issues and not even acknowledged the the usual peaceful transition that America has had, which is, you know, we only have one president at a time. They continue to insert themselves into key issues and have contact with foreign leaders at inappropriate times. Um, and so it's created this it's very intense hostility and, and balkanization between well, the but, two parties. But one thing I will say is, even though that drives political professionals and people that are more of more calm demeanor crazy, I think some of his voters like that he's shaking things up and they, they that's exactly what they want him to do is break all the norms. You know, he's talking about NATO being outdated and the UN, right. you know, why are we in the UN? Why are we giving them money? Which we, I don't think we actually have paid our UN dues in decades. Right. But anyway, you know, he's more thoughtful people hear this and they're horrified and I think a lot of his voters go, that's what I've been saying down at the PTA meeting for 10 years and they're finally my president speaking for me and I think that those kind of things that throwing the norms out they see that as him sticking it to Washington and they probably like that. Now I, I'm not saying they're going to like it when inevitably that causes real problems in our international relations and others, other ways but I think that that's resonating with some of his voters. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of this is, I mean, there's this there's this prevailing theory that that Trump voters were anarchists or nihilists at heart, but at the same time there's all this polling to show that they were really concerned about the economy and where their future role in a, you know, in a, in a place where automation and sharing, uh, the sharing economy, and, and there was all this kind of inherent economic uncertainty that was driving this. But those two things seem to contradict each other. And that's the hard part is, 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 is you know, we need economic growth at every level of the income spectrum. And what he's offering is to blow the entire village up. Well, yeah. the village is, I mean, you know, the village is something that we all are, are kind of wedded to. And, well, I think so, what he's promising is sort of Kansas writ large. Yeah, and it's, you know, but, but and look at where, and we keep coming back to, I mean, Kansas on the economic side, I'll use Texas as another example, is, is has been largely a race to the bottom. There has been, um, I, you know, there have been some successes there, but for the most part in terms of worker rights, environmental rights, education, um, all across the board, um, you know, it is a, it is not how America maintains its superpower status. No, in their economy, I think needed a lot of help and in fact I think Republicans were forced to raise taxes because right. their their well, that is the, tax cutting right. uh did not provide no. the, the boost that they had expected. No. I mean, you know, and this goes to the age-old argument that taxes are ultimately, you know, create the infrastructure on which, you know, our economy and our entire society <laughs> thrives, right? And so um you what know about the, what about the division of the electorate? I mean the last election in um two thousand twelve it's really struck me. This time also is that you look at the electoral map and you see the West Coast and you see the East Coast, especially the Northeast, is blue. And then the wide swath of middle America you see as red. You see this sort of division. It's not completely that way, but it, 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 it's, very al it's almost completely that way. And so you see this real split, this real ideological split and, and uh, a visceral split. I, I, don't, I can't remember people being so angry at each other as we have a new president coming in. You always have people who are unhappy their guy didn't win or their person didn't win. But I can't remember it like this. I can't remember seeing all these counter demonstrations planned, you know, right there at the same time the guy is being sworn into office. Right. And the anger this time is seems to have been stepped up. Come on, up. John, you remember 1860. It was so <laughs> similar. Yeah, it's 1860. But, 
Well, so, I don't know. I just, what do you think? I mean, you see this stuff professionally. What do you think? I mean, I, I would say, I mean, you know, this is coming up. Eight years ago, we had this unifying hope and change election where we actually had a Democrat, not just a Democrat, but the first African-American to actually go out and win states like Indiana in 2008. Um, and yeah. so, and that wasn't too far long ago. And I, and I get the fact that there's, you know, this is, this is the pendulum swinging back to this kind of anti-establishment um, all these different things that we now realize as Democrats and probably recognize too late that we probably nominated. For all the respect I've had for the Hillary Clinton throughout her career, she was probably the very worst candidate at the worst time, um, given that roadmap of angst that you just kind of outlined. Well, look um, at the party. That actually raises a question. We had we talked about this a lot during the campaign, but the the party machinery for selecting a candidate, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm thinking more about the Democrats now. What are the changes, or should there be any changes? Should there be any reforms, or should that be modified in some way? Well, it, 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 it's, you know, my biggest concern about the the national party structure, and, and we have, you know, two candidates that the press wants to portray, the two leading candidates, by the way, they're not the only candidates, they're really eight or nine legitimate candidates running, uh-huh. um, but, but the, you know, they're being portrayed as the polar opposites within the party, but the difference between, I mean, on, 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 on sort of called bread and butter democratic issues, the difference between them is not that severe. It's really mm-hmm. about their style and who they're talking to and the rhetoric that they use. Um, my biggest concern about the DNC process right now is, is more about transparency. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's important for people to understand how we're making the decisions. Um, but it is a far more democratic process than the RNC process. And, you know, not getting into the, um, but it is going to be, this whole thing is going to be a battle for the heart and soul of, of, of what we're looking at as a party. And, and you saw it in the e-board. I made that joke earlier. Most people don't know that we have these things called the e-board elections, um, which are, or uh, uh, ADEM elections that were the initial kind of swath of delegates. One third of the dem- delegates of the California state democratic party uh, just got elected uh, a weekend ago. Mm-hmm. And it was largely, uh, there was an an inordinate amount of turnout, which, by the way, you ask about what the lasting impact of this election is going to be. I mean, I think we're going to see an immediate impact in the 2018 election here in California and everywhere. Um, But I mean, you mean as far as the party structure goes? I I think the party structure and turnout and people getting motivated. I mean, two years ago, the midterm election was a was, I mean, we still have vast, huge Democratic majorities in California, yeah. but but turnout was incredibly low. We had no interesting top-of-the-ticket race. Um, people didn't really know what they were turning out to go vote for. I mean, Jerry Brown was a shoo-in for, for re-election. Um, and it impacted a lot of the different races here, but but it impacted races all across the country. And and I think we're going to see uh, the extreme. We're going to see uh, you know high turnout, and it's too early to say, but I, I believe that's going to be true um, more than your standard issue midterm election. But in terms of of what it means for our party or the Democratic Party, I mean, there is going to be an effort by the you know the progressive voices are going to be less inclined to kind of sit back and wait to see what the, the grand old establishment tells them to do. They just don't. Um, they are, uh, they want to wrest control of the direction of this party. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, you know, I, I think that accrues to California's benefit, and I think that will accrue. Um, I think the pendulum is going to swing back hard. Uh, uh, you know, I view, well, I don't with view, people, you think, I do, young? I do, as well as, as well as uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't view the Trump presidency as a political realignment. I see it as the last, you know, desperate gasp of, of, of this sort of, uh, like I said, this kind of nihilistic tendency to want to let 
uh, to, to blow up Washington, D.C. And, and to have things, you know, at, at any cost, have things just fall apart and let the chips fall where they may. That is not going, in my view, to turn out well, especially for those people who are on the wrong side of the, econ- of the economic inequality scale in this country, or the schism in this country. And, uh, and I think there's going to be a, a, a hard turn back. Now, the onus is on on Democrats, I mean, uh, to to offer, you know, thoughtful alternatives and to give real solutions. I mean, we can't continue to dodge questions around, uh, which we always want to do, about public education, about trade packs, yeah. about, you know, these different questions. that I mentioned automation earlier. That's an issue that people take seriously. Uh, is you know, strong- innovation is a great thing, but it's built, but not when it's driving out uh, or being built on the backs of, of, of the middle class, which is largely disappearing. It was always the backbone of, Cal- of the Democratic Party. Is there a nationally, is there a bench? Is there a strong bench for the Democrats? I can think of a couple names, and after that, it's kind of goes blank. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, the names that you hear bandied about, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Cory Bookers, um, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, it's not as big of a bench numerically. Now, that being said, California has the strongest and largest bench of, of folks uh, of, 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 on the Democrat side mm-hmm. than we've seen by any state in a very, very long time. There is no shortage of, of alpha politicians in California that are ready to kind of lead the way. And we see it in the legislature with the two leaders. We see it with uh, the, the names who are being bandied about for the, for the one or two major races that might be coming up in 2018. Um, and then, and we gonna, still have two of we still have two superstars uh, in elected John office Howard here. John Tim Foster. Tom, yeah, in addition to uh, that to dynamic duo, the Batman <laughs> and Robin of the uh, of, of, of non-first the amendment <laughs> around here, um, uh, the great defenders of the first amendment. God, we haven't even talked. How do we get through this and not talk about the media? Um, but uh, but but no. That's I mean, part two. Stay tuned for we part have one of the, two. Yeah. Say whatever you want. We'll most, misquote you anyway. So. <laughs> That's right. Okay. No, we have one of the five most effective governors in the country. And we have a uh, senator at the age of 83 seems more active and aggressive and more animated than I've seen. Does she retire this year? Uh, look, I, I'm not going to. And does Daley own run for her? This my highest. I'm here. I, well, I will. I will. I will say what. What I'll give you the political answer here out of respect for a senator that I've. I've. Uh, you okay, know, but when Tim turns us off, time. we get the real story. <laughs> that that uh, that uh, that uh, you know she's earned the right to make her own decision about that. But but the um, you and, are and look, communicator. Well, no, that, that's the, but that is happens to be true, and, and she's doing this at a time. And you got ranking member of intelligence, ranking member of judiciary, ranking member of all these different issues of appropriations at a time when all three of those committees are probably going to be more important, into, especially in the Senate, yeah. in terms of a stopgap against whatever you know hellscape is coming our way in ter- from the from Capitol Hill, uh, you know, guided by don't Donald hold back. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, I, and and and. And and in the middle of all this, I mean, you know, people talk about, you know, that we're all galvanizing and uniting behind, uh, you know, everybody's in a is 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 in a skirmish to be the leading Trump opponent in California. But the truth is, I mean, I view this as all positive, which is it's forcing everyone to kind of drop their kind of what I would call their 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 kind of petty differences, mm-hmm. um, their sort of you know whatever the their, their personal political ambitions down the road, and kind of work together in a way they haven't in the past to try to figure out what we can do. And it's not just about the California example or the soapbox. It's about we actually have constitutional authority as a state to actually not be compelled 
to to follow whatever federal government edicts come our way. And and ironically, a lot of those precedents came from conservative administrations in other states, states like right, Texas, right? Right, <laughs> right, that dug in because they didn't want to, you know, comply with whatever. They didn't want to comply with Planned Parenthood or civil rights. In this case, we're actually fighting on the side of the angels here on immigration and climate and education and all the other things. So, you know, that is going to be, and, and that puts Republicans in California, not to make this, uh, not to get too granular here, but that puts them in a unique spot because how do they play this? Do they put the interests of California ahead of whatever the partisan? And this is coming at a critical time because Republicans, they you know, we have super majorities in both legislature, and we have multiple competitive seats in 2018. In what you know, midterms are the Republicans' best shot to actually do something about that. And they're probably going to have a Republican candidate, a legitimate Republican candidate running for governor. Um, and so what do those, how do they position themselves in California in a place where um, even California Republicans, uh, active Republicans, are very uncomfortable with the direction of this administration. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of good hope after the, you know, it, 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 Donald Trump's election night speech was sort of the, uh, was was sort of the highlight of his administration to date, and and from then on, it's been a you know a reaffirmation of the deplorables um, since then. So well, on that happy note, deplorables. Sorry, with sorry, you all I identify here. We still we're California. losing half our, re our <laughs> right now. Our entire listenership. Uh, Jason Kinney, thank you hey, very hey, much. Hey, Thanks, hey, for Thanks for having me. Of course, you. of course, of course. Tim, thank you very much. And this is John Howard. We'll see you next time around. We'll Thanks see again. you. Yeah, next week.